from the cross to the resurrection. Maybe you're here today and you would say, you know what, I don't attend church much, or maybe you come every week. But I, as I begin to think about Easter, and I, I tend to like not try to do anything different on Easter or Christmas or anything like that because people come and visit the church and they come back next week and they're like, where's the smoke and the lights? <laughs> so I'm just going to preach to you like I preach every Sunday. Uh, out, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. The Bible's good enough. We don't have to glamorize it any. I mean, it's, it's the greatest book ever. But I, I got to thinking about, you can't have Sunday without having Friday. Right? You got to go through Friday before you get to Sunday. And, and as, as we read the Bible, we, we have to recognize what Jesus went through on the cross to get us to the resurrection. And so I just want to talk for a second today about from the cross to the resurrection. So let's, let's look at this right here, Luke 23, 33. When they came, this is Friday, when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. That's Friday. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But then you get to Sunday, Luke 24, 1 through 12. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and they went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven, to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Johanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. <laughs> I love that verse. <laughs> I absolutely love that verse. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Let's pray. Let's pray right now. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Lord, I ask that you would uh, get me out of the way and you would get in our way today and just uh, re reinstate to us the miracle of the cross and the resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. Number one, let's talk about the cross for a second. The cross fixed the sin problem. Colossians 2, 13 through 15. When you, say we, me. Okay. When we were dead in our sins and in the uncircumcision of our flesh, God made us alive with Christ. He forgave us all of our sins. Verse 14, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So if you go back to the point, we'll, 
we'll look at verse 13 right here. The cross fixed the sin problem. So today on Easter, we got to deal with the sin problem. See, because you may be here today and you say, you know what? I think I'm the only one in the room that's a sinner. (laughs) Think again. We sin, Job says we sin like sparks fly upwards. We sin because we're human. We're sin. Somebody else did something that made us sinners, and that was Adam and Eve. And somebody else did something that can make us righteous, and that was Jesus Christ. We're sinners. It's just the way of it. It's not the way God created it to be, but it is the way of it. We're flesh. We're human. We have a carnal nature that leads us to sin. So here, when you were dead in your sins and in uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all of our sins. That's what the cross does. The cross brings, it fixes the sin problem. Does that give us like a get out of hell free card to go and do whatever we want to and to say, oh, I know Jesus. No, it's a journey. You You gotta work on your spiritual walk. But at the end of the day, you have to know, as you put your faith in Jesus Christ, he fixes the sin problem in your life. Now watch this. Go to verse uh, 14. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. I love that. Praise the Lord. Now watch this. How many of you, because you don't look too excited. If you went home today, had whatever you're going to have and do whatever you're going to do, and you woke up tomorrow... And, and you, you check the mail tomorrow, and every debt that you had in the mailbox was a letter from the company that you owed money to, and it said, we are pleased to inform you that you no longer owe us any money. There you go. See, didn't nobody say hallelujah when I read the scripture? Because we live in our flesh and we live in a real world, right? And we have real bills to pay. But if we could get outside of ourselves just for a second and think about eternity. Think about what it's going to be like in heaven. Think about what it, what it is to be reinstated to a rightful relationship with God. What Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, he fixed the sin problem. And if we could release ourselves from being so caught up in this world for just a moment and realize, oh my goodness, this is for a season, that is for eternity, and what God did for me, Jesus triumphant over all the powers and authorities, all the demons, all the spirits, everything of this world, he has overcome the world so that we can overcome the world here and there. I love that. Nailed it to the cross. It's done. He even said it. It's finished. He nailed it to the cross. And, and, and so in, in your inbox, in your email, or in your mailbox, you get that letter, your spiritual email or spiritual mailbox. You need to realize that God has sent you an email saying, I love you so much. I sent my only son. So all the things... That, that are against you in the law have been taken care of because Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. And as he fulfilled the law, he did what we could not do and cannot do on our own. He was perfect. He was sinless. And he was the Lamb of God that went to the cross. And he fixed the sin problem. Number two, the cross brought grace and mercy. Romans 5, 6, and 8. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless... Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, 
though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In the economy of heaven, won't you hear this? In the economy of heaven, sin, our sinners, were worthless. You think about heaven. You think about God being holy and, and he's holy and, and darkness cannot reside with light and sin was unknown to God. And here he creates Adam and Adam and Eve and, and then all of a sudden sin enters into the picture. And, and I, 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 love, I love the fact that you can get this picture of God going, you know what, they're worthless, but I love them. They're worthless, but I love them. And so while we were still worthless to God, humanity... Because in the economy of heaven, sin, sinners were worthless. Jesus died for us. You got to do something with that. You have to think about that. See, because the cross brings grace and mercy. Grace being getting what we don't deserve. Mercy being not getting what we do deserve. Right? That's grace and that's mercy and that's the cross. Think about this just for a second. Jesus finished the race. He's done his deal. He's been beaten beyond recognition. He's fulfilled every prophecy that's ever told about him. He collapsed carrying his own cross. Now they put nails to his hands and nails to his feet. And he comes to a place and they, they, he's being crucified. He's about to die. And his last gesture to humanity. Don't, don't zone out on me here. There's a thief to his left and a thief to his right. And one of them says, hey, would you remember me today? Would you, would you, basically what he's saying, I'll paraphrase for you. I know I'm a sinner and I know I've done wrong. Could you please have grace and mercy on me? I need what I don't deserve and I definitely don't want what I do deserve. And Jesus, Jesus turns and looks at him and says, this is his last gesture to humanity. So if you're here today and you think God's mad at you and you think and you've heard a bunch of stuff about what church thinks about you or whatever, forget church, forget religion and think about this just for a second. Jesus is he's in horrific pain and this guy cries out to him. And what does Jesus do in perfect Jesus fashion? He goes, hey, buddy, today you will be with me in paradise. I don't care what you've done because what I'm doing right now is going to take care of what you've done. And today you and I are going to hang out by a lake somewhere and we're going to go fishing. That's Jesus. That's the gospel. That is Jesus Christ. And so whatever skewed view you may have about this God thing, just know that this book is perfect and that is recorded in this book. And at his greatest moment of need, all he could do is give grace and mercy. Wow. It's life-changing. I've staked my life on it. It's life-changing. So we go from Friday to Sunday, from the cross to the resurrection. Go to number three. The resurrection validates truth. Now, I just mentioned that we, here at Coastline, we will talk with you and pray with you and talk about a lot of different things. One thing we will not argue is this book. We believe emphatically that from the first page to the last page, it's true. It's all true. And it's a mirror that we can put ourselves up against and, and 
equate what's going on in our own life. But we, I believe with all my heart this is true. And in this book, it tells me in all four Gospels that Jesus Christ came out of that grave. He's crucified, placed in the grave, and he came out of the grave. It validates truth. We live in a world today where truth is an obscure commodity. Truth is like, well, yeah, if, you, if you're good enough and you believe it's true, then it's true. Right? If you believe it's true, then it's true. I mean, I'll break it down this way for you. I really want to have a garden. I love gardens. And I, I've tried to have a garden. And I'll go out there and I'll look at those plants and I'll go, and Jesus, you're going to grow. It's true that you're going to grow. Those things don't grow. I'm going to try again. I'm going to, yeah, we kill plants. <laughs> it's terrible. It could be the busyness factor. Like that we, I think you have to water them. <laughs> Maybe something like that. I don't know. But truth is truth, and, and we're raising a generation, and many of us are taught, look, there, there is no truth. Well, if you go way back to the resurrection, it validates truth. It validates the fact that Jesus was the Messiah. He came out of that grave. He's in heaven today making intercession for me, and he's coming back for me one day. Luke 24, 1 through 8, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and, and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again? Then they remembered his words. Truth. Truth is coming into formation here as Jesus has fulfilled every prophecy ever spoken about him, and then he was cool enough to tell all the disciples and anyone with an earshot that was listening, I'm going to have to be handed over to man, I'm going to be crucified, and I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to be raised from the dead. They're going to tear the temple down, the temple's going to be rebuilt in three days, and people still didn't get it. That makes me feel kind of good. Because these guys have been hanging out with Jesus, watching him heal people and turn fish and loaves into enough to feed 5,000 men and plus their families. And, I mean, it's, and they still weren't getting it. And the angels were like, look, we're going to help you out here. We're just going to do you a little favor. Don't you remember where Jesus said, this has to happen? I, I prayed for all of you all week. I don't know you all by name. I wish I could, but I just can't anymore. It drives me crazy. So if I ever see you in the grocery store and I don't know your name, don't get mad at me. But, but I've prayed for each one of you all week, and this is the prayer that I've prayed. I've prayed that the lid of your faith would be ripped off, and this Easter Sunday would represent a place where your faith is so validated. Because, you know, there's a there's a... Yeah, I kind of believe. Yeah, maybe that Bible's true. Yeah, maybe da 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 But when you go full in, all in, and you realize this is for real. 
This is, and the realization comes to you that, oh my goodness, Jesus Christ died for me. He died. He, he was rose from the grave and he's in heaven for me today and he's coming back for me one day. It totally changes the way that you live your life. You'll get up on a Monday morning where earlier maybe you were defeated, maybe you were depressed, maybe you were dreading the day and all those things happen. I'm not diminishing those. But when you wake up with a, a, a validation of faith, You go into the workplace with a little more confidence. You go about your day with a little more confidence knowing that my Savior is alive. My my God loved me so much he sent his only son to die for me. The resurrection validates faith. Keep going. The resurrection gives hope. Luke 29, 24, 9 through 12. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Johanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering, wondering to himself what had happened. Hope is springing eternal at this moment. I, I, now, don't just read this like you've read it every other Easter or you've heard it. Think about it for a second. Here's Peter. Peter has denied Jesus by the fire, right? Peter has watched from afar Jesus get crucified. This uh, young man was here yesterday, had this shirt on. This is so funny. It had Jesus shooting the ball into a basket. Because I don't know, many of you don't know the Final Four is going on right now. I know. (laughs) So the shirt, Peter was blocking Jesus' ball, and it says, Peter denied Jesus three times. (laughs) And I'm I'm sure Jesus would laugh at that. That's perfect Jesus fashion. So so here's, here's Peter, who's blown it dramatically. I mean, he's blown it in, like, fashion. And here comes these ladies back from the tomb early on Sunday morning. And they're scurrying back. And there's light. I'm sure they were like beaming, right? I mean, the angels that showed up, their clothes were like lightning. If you've ever been around lightning, it, it can make you bright. And they come back and they're like, hey, hey, he's not there. There's two angels. They came up to us and they started talking to us. And, and, nonsense. Just kidding. But here, here comes hope. Watch this. Here comes hope. Here comes hope. And Peter, of all people, needed hope. Peter needed something to validate what he had spent the last three years of his life doing. His friend, his Savior, was crucified. He watched him die. He denied him. And now here he is, and here comes these ladies, and everybody else saying, that's nonsense. I don't believe, what are you talking about? How could this be? And what's Peter do? He runs. I love it. See, here's, maybe you're here today, and you'd say, you know what, man? I'm out of hope. The fuel gauge on my hope tank is out. It's empty. Can I just tell you, you can find hope in Jesus now, you might wake up tomorrow and your problems still be there. But Jesus can give you hope. Man, and Peter, he's like, you know what? I'm all in. And he takes off. 
And the Bible says he runs to the tomb. He runs. He didn't slip out the back door and say, I may go check this out. He runs because hope, hope is starting to spring up inside of Peter. I know I blew it. I know I blew it. He knows I blew it. But hope springs eternal. And here he goes, running off, running off to the tomb. And then the Bible says in verse verse 12, well, verse 12, he says this, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. See, hope is like a slippery slope because some days you wake up and you're really hopeful and you got it, man, and things don't happen like you think they should happen. Sometimes they do. So Peter, he's hoping in his heart. He runs to the tomb and then he walks away pondering, God, what are you doing? What's really going on here? What's really happening in my life? One thing Peter's teaching us today and the resurrection teaches us is it brings hope. Hope's not always perfect. Hope falters at times. But man, hang on to it. Grab it. Peter says it like this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The resurrection brings hope. I mean, Peter couldn't have said it any better. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, who ran to the tomb? Come on. God, you're killing me. Now, later he's writing this, and it's become, it's solidified. Now, there's a lot that happens in between, but it's solidified in his heart that the only way that I'm ever going to have hope is because of what Jesus did for me. That's where my hope comes from. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's not that complicated, guys. I mean, you know, we, it, it's the blessed hope. It's, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's available for everyone. Keep going, Kim. Last thing. The resurrection offers a chance for a new start. Luke 24, 12, Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Keep going. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. So we, we've purposed at this church to be very honest with one another. I wonder how many of us are in this room today. Some 2,000 people will be on our campus at some, at some point today. I wonder how many of us in, in that number would say, you know what, I need a new start. I need a do-over. I need a reset. Right? One of my friends yesterday, we were up here getting stuff ready, and I, I was studying, and he, he just got a new car. And so he grabbed me. Uh, we were talking. He grabbed me by the shoulders and he said, come here and let me show you how God, good God is. He takes me out and he shows me his new car. Now, there are some of you sitting there going, well, I wish I could get a new car. Whatever. (laughs) I rejoice with people when they get a new car. I think you ought to put a CD on, praise God, open the sunroof and drive down A1A going, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) So, takes me, opens the the door to this new car. And actually, it's SUV. And I put my head up in there and, oh. 
And I don't know if ladies are like this, but for men, that's just like, oh, new car smell. And I'm like, oh, man, praise the Lord. Like, there's this newness about it, and the leather was still. Now, I know him, and, you know, and, and some of you have had that experience, been looking at me. But, you know, a year later, you find suckers under the seat. You find French fries down by the seats. You know, if you got kids, you, hey, the new car smell goes away. But it's very attractive. That's why when you go to the car wash, they say, would you like a freshener? And, and you say, yeah, I'd like the new car smell. And it, it lasts for about two days. Yeah. If you take the car seat out. Because <laughs> that thing is nasty. They say that most germs are on cell phones. They have never looked at car seats. <laughs> Those things. Woo! But there's something attractive about newness, isn't there? There is. It's what Jesus did for us. He said, hey, man, you want a new beginning? You want a fresh start? You want a do-over? You don't want to let's do this again? Second Corinthians. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. You have an opportunity. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, today you have an opportunity for newness to come about your spiritual walk, for newness to come about your soul, for newness to come about your everyday life. And again, it doesn't mean that you're going to wake up tomorrow and everything's going to be hunky-dory. It just means you're going to wake up with Jesus and not alone. The Bible doesn't sell you some kind of mumbo-jumbo that says, hey, you, you give your life to God and everything's going to be perfect. No, that's not the Bible that I read. And I know many of you in this room that have wounds from life and you would say the same thing. But it just means you walk through life on this journey not alone. And that one day you're going to meet God face to face. And God's going to say, I'm so glad that you put your faith in my son because that's why I sent him. Newness. If you're here today, you say, Jason, I, I need a new start. I need, I need, my spirit and my life needs a new start. Today is the perfect day for that. Would you bow your head all over this place? Nobody's moving around unless you have to. Everybody's heads are bowed. Maybe you're here today and you're just like a bunch of those people in the first service that I need a new start. I need something to change. I, I need, I need that in my life. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you right where you're sitting. But if, if that's you and you say, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to confess Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior and accept the love and grace and mercy from God. If that's you, just slip your hand long enough for me to see it. I see your hand. Thanks. I see your hand. 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 Thanks. Just put it right back down. That's awesome. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. That is amazing. Hey, as your heads are bowed, if you raised your hand today, do me a favor. Go by one of the tents as you leave today. There's one at each exit. Grab a Bible and a devotion. And um, if you're not comfortable doing that, you can email startingpoint at thecoastlinechurch.com. That email address will come up after we pray. But please, please, please tell somebody about your decision. I want to pray with you right now, right where you're sitting. Father, thank you for loving me. And thank you that I'm in these seats today. And God, right now, I, I'm confessing in my heart that I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And I'm confessing him as my Lord and Savior. And I'm confessing that I believe that he was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, 
took my death and sin on the cross. They placed him in a grave, and he rose from that grave on the third day. So God, right now, I'm, I'm receiving your love and your grace and your mercy over my life. Help me in this new, new journey I'm on. Thank you that the old's going away and the new's coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, go buy a tent and grab a Bible. If you have kids, go quickly with God. If you don't, meet somebody that...